How can you reach your health and fitness goals without feeling overwhelmed or defeated? I learned things the hard way when I started my journey almost a decade ago. Now I run an online business dedicated to helping women avoid all of the mistakes I made along the way. In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in my own journey and in helping hundreds of women through theirs. If you want real results and an approach that is sustainable for, well, real life, then the Fit to Live podcast with your host, me, Sydney Tollett, is going to be your new best friend. I'll see you inside. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. So for this week, we actually have an interview from a podcast that I was on. So I was on the self-made podcast with our guest, Chloe, from last week. I went on her podcast and the conversation was just really good and she interviewed me. And so I wanted to share that with you guys here. I've actually gotten a couple messages from some of the girls who were subscribers to her podcast that they really loved it. So I just wanted to bring it to you guys as well in case you missed it. But we talked about a lot of great stuff. So she asked me about where my fitness journey began, the biggest and most common mistakes that I see as a coach. Um, We talked about what to do if you want to begin tracking macros, but you don't know where to start. We talked about transitioning from tracking macros to intuitive eating, what to do if you don't want to track. We talked about hunger cues, advice for someone struggling with their relationship with food. So literally a ton of good topics in this episode, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen. So with all of that being said, enjoy the interview, and I will see you inside. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Made Podcast. I have one of my friends here, Sydney. I'm so excited to have her on the episode. It's actually really funny, you guys. I've been a follower of Sydney's since I literally have the DMs on my phone, if you're watching this on YouTube, since 2019. Like I, okay, you guys can't see that, dang it. But I, <laughs> it's so funny, I DM'd her literally June 27th of 2019 because she was like my idol. I followed her and I looked up to her and I, like she was my goal. And it's like so full circle now that we're like friends and she's on my podcast. Like what the heck? But I like literally the DM is me asking about your tips for YouTube. Like I would watch your YouTube video <laughs> and I'm like, I need all the help I can get because that had to have been like, I launched my YouTube channel in June of 2019. So I was like fresh to it. So it's so funny. Like the DMs just crack. Like I remember even when you followed me back on Instagram, like a while ago, probably maybe a year ago. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, it's so funny. That is so funny. Yeah. And I think the email was from 2018, which is. Oh my gosh. So even previous. That's crazy. I'm telling you, I've been there since like day one. Like I remember way back, like in your like college days, like so long ago, I was asking you about like. You guys, like, I don't think you realize how much of an impact Sydney had on me. And it's so cute because she's like the person that I remind myself of when I get DMs from like my followers asking about like advice and tips and like schooling and career paths and stuff. Because I literally was asking you, I'm like, I'm studying marketing. Like, I want to do what you're doing. Like, should I switch my, like, like these (laughs) huge life decisions. And I was going to Sydney (laughs) to be like, help. Like, I want to do what you're doing. Like, do you think this is the right path for me? But Anyway, I just adore you. I love you. And I'm so excited to chat. Um, anyway, I just briefed on my like whole <laughs> love story for you. So I guess if you just want to kind of give everyone a little rundown of who you are, um, and then we'll hop into all the questions I have. Yeah. So my name is Sydney Tollett. So 
I also like Chloe, I did like a cross country move like mm, three years ago. Um, so I'm out in San Diego now, but I moved here from Arkansas. So it was like 24 hours. Um, I do online coaching full time. So I mean, some people might see me as an influencer. I don't really see myself as that because I, I just don't make income off of like brand stuff. All of my like I'm full-time coaching, um, but I love fitness. Like Chloe, I also love protein oats <laughs> and Jesus. And yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much it about me. I I love it. Me and Sydney, I was on her episode this week. So if you, what's your podcast called again? It's, is my it's called fit to live podcast. <laughs> it's podcast. I'll link in the show notes, but I was on her podcast um, and we were chatting and it's just so crazy how similar are like journeys are and I don't know if it's because you were like my idol and it just like manifested <laughs> itself or like what but like we had very similar journeys and we both like she said moved across the country we both have recently really I feel like gotten into our faith and like Jesus and all that I think it's so cool I remember seeing you post about it more like within the past year and I feel like that's kind of when I started posting so it's so cool to have that like mm-hmm. extra connection um but yeah no we our holy journeys are very similar and it's so cool but the first thing I guess I wanted to ask is just kind of where your fitness journey began. Like walk us through the start. Like mine started back in high school. When did yours kind of begin and take off? Yeah, mine was in high school as well. So I was in a lot of sports, but I never actually enjoyed sports. I think you did. I didn't. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I really liked the weightlifting portion of sports. I did not like sports for some reason. I don't know. Um, but I started going to like a training facility back in my hometown and I met a trainer there and he kind of like your story um got me just very much in love with like the process of weightlifting because I was actually progressing at it maybe the reason I didn't like sports I wasn't like that great at them Mm -hmm. but like with weights I felt like I was actually really good at it and like I was progressing and like seeing those changes and then I actually eventually did like the whole Kayla it signs like bbg whole like that whole deal yeah um And that's when I started noticing like, oh, whenever I eat this way, like my body actually is changing. Um, And I feel like I just, I don't know, I fell in love with it all pretty quickly and kind of got obsessed and we don't have to go down that whole rabbit trail. It got very (laughs) negative for a while, but as I learned more Mm -hmm. and like got more educated, then of course, like it got positive again, but I feel like everybody has that. It's like, you get obsessed, you get too obsessed and then you kind of find the balance. But yeah, mine definitely started in high school. I think I also just love the human body. And like, I think it's so fascinating, like how much we can do and like change. Um, I've always just been a big nerd about it and yeah, that's how it started. And then it just kind of went from there. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Cause yeah, I can tell just through the content and all of your coaching that you do have a passion of like actually like the education behind it like all of your posts are very like educational and they have a lot of like information and I do think that's like so huge and so key throughout your fitness journey to learn that because like you said like you kind of went down a a negative path with it and you do become too obsessed and when you're undereducated it can be very like dangerous in a sense because you view things in an incorrect way um and it really can like affect also like your goals and just like your mindset and relationship with training and food and life in general so yeah education if like I could recommend anything to any of like our listeners is like get educated on the things that you're like implementing into your life, like nutrition and exercise and like understand why you're doing those things because one, it'll help progress you. Like you're gonna, it makes more sense. But then two, it just like helps that relationship and that actually like the 
mindset behind it. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so I guess you're, you're an online fitness coach. Like you said, you're very knowledgeable. Um, I'm curious, what are like the biggest and most common mistakes that you see as a coach with your clients that you just keep running into? I feel like, yeah, just share. So I listed out, I listed out four. Um, I could have listed out so many, but (laughs) I wanted to just like pick ones that I feel like would be relevant to our audiences as well. So I think one thing, whether this is like a client coming to me or like somebody on a consult call or whatever, I think one thing is like trying to put a long process. So like a process that's going to take one, two, three years. And they're like, Hey, do you think we can do this in eight weeks? And I'm like, no, (laughs) we can't. Um, But it's so, so common. And I think it's because on social media, there's a lot of like eight week challenges and you see progress photos of people that's like a year apart but you just see like one post and you're yeah. like, Oh, so I can do that in eight weeks. It's like, no. That's so, so true because yeah. people on social media use a lot of stuff mm-hmm. for marketing purposes and you don't actually know like yeah. the factual evidence behind it. And that is, that's a huge thing. I'm like, there's so much of that. And it's like so sad and toxic because even for like me as like a, a creator myself, it's like, I can't see that. And under like, I don't know it. Like, I don't know the difference, but it is like, I've heard stories, like actual experiences. And I know that's like factual. So it is like heartbreaking because for all the people who don't understand that, like, how how could you not come to you as a coach and be like, okay, she did it. How did she do it? I want to do it. Like, that's the thing with training and like nutrition is it takes time. You have to be so patient. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it that would be frustrating and difficult to navigate as a coach. Yeah. And it takes time to even just like, it takes time to learn. It takes time yeah. to implement, to build muscle, to lose fat in a good way. So it's like, yeah. And people take like all of these goals and like try to shove it into one phase. They're like, I want to improve my hormones and lose fat and build muscle and like keep a good relationship with food and like they have like 10 goals well we should always want to keep a good relationship with food but I'm like okay we can't do all of this one step at a time (laughs) yeah all of this at once so that's the first thing and then another thing I think and this is something I've probably really dialed in on more in the past like two two and a half years is like internal health so Mm I think a lot of people just kind of like ignore the fact of like, oh yeah, I don't have a regular cycle. I literally feel terrible all the time. My digestion sucks. I have low energy. I don't sleep well, but like, I want to do a fat loss phase. And I'm like, okay, well, let's start with like the fact that you feel terrible all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, we could literally do a whole podcast on like hormones and like all of that, but internal health and ignoring that and just like overtraining, under fueling, binge drinking on the weekends, like just so many things that I see where people just aren't taking care of their bodies yet. They want to jump like straight into a diet. Um, that would be the second one. And then another one is just overcomplicating it in general and like trying to find like a magic solution when it's like the basics are really what we need to focus on versus trying to find like this random diet or, exercise program that's going to like magically change everything um so that's another big mistake that I see I don't know if you have any like comments on those and then I can get into yeah no I completely agree with that last one like it is the simple basics and I think because of social media because of marketing because a lot of coaches and stuff try to find their like niche and their specialty they try to like create these like magical plans and diets and routines and stuff and it's like if you just stick to the basics of like a human body and like you like it's that we overcomplicate it way too much and it's so simple. And I, it is, it's a lot of just like the miss, I feel like it has to do with just like the mismarketing. I feel like it's just gotten so bad in the past, like 10 years, like as a consumer myself, before getting into the industry, before getting certified myself too, it's like, I remember struggling with that too. And being like, 
wait, like it's, you look for like a roundabout way, like kind of like a quicker, easier route. And it's like, to see the actual real results, like you can't, you can't shortcut it. Like it's a process and you got to be patient and it takes time. So I think that's huge that people need to for sure. And people just get so overwhelmed. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if we just like literally pick a few things to focus on at once, rather than like looking out so much on social media. So that's like a huge one. And then the fourth one that I put on here is just uh, so many people come to me doing a training style. That's like completely against the goal that they have. Like the amount of people that I've had who are just like their biofeedback, like stress, digestion, energy, et cetera, is like terrible. And they're doing like all like orange theory five times a week. And they're just like overtraining. And they think that like high rep and like low weight is better. And just like, they're just very misinformed on like what they really need for their, for their body composition goals. I always tell people like, I love the concept of like move your body and just do what makes you, you know, feel good. But at the same time, people have very specific goals Mm -hmm. and they're doing stuff that's like very like counter to the goal. (laughs) So I'm like, yes, I want you to enjoy your training, but like, I also want it to be optimal for what you're trying to do. Um, So that's another big one that I see. That's huge. Cause I, even, I think myself and I'm a coach, it's like, I, I do love, and I enjoy like the high intensity stuff. And I love like a hit workout, but I've had to like back away from that myself just because I noticed that I was so fatigued and I was so tired and I was constantly just like feeling inflamed. And I have made that switch to trying to be more like low intensity, listening to my body and being more in tune with like more specifically, even like week by week of like how my body feels, because like based on my cycle and stuff, like some weeks, like I just can't do the intense stuff. Like I just got, I just went through the cycle. Like my hormones are honestly a mess. And that is something like, like the internal, like I'm trying to fix and figure out, but it makes such an impact. Like I can notice such a difference in my body. Like today's the first day in a week. I felt like I can actually go out and like get a good workout in. And I'm so excited, but like learning that part of my body and myself, and then also being able to apply like workouts that actually are like productive and not doing more harm than good. It has changed like so much for me. So I think that's so important for people to realize, like based on your goals, there's a certain way to train. And also to like, just how your body feels, I think is really important to like, listen to as well. Cause I think it's so easy to just push through the pain and be like, like you said, go to orange theory. Like I used to do that. I went to orange theory. Like I had the unlimited plan in high school and I would go five or six days a week, no matter what. Um, I would never do that now. Like looking back and I'm like, I don't even know how I did that. Like, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. And I mean, it's so different for everyone too. Like everybody has different recovery capabilities. So it's like, if I have somebody who's like, very little responsibilities. They're a low stress person, et cetera. They may be able to handle a little more of that versus like the mom who like works full time, has two kids. I'm like, you literally have no more room for stress. Like you cannot recover from this. So it definitely depends on the person as well. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a big, big one that I see. Interesting. Okay. So moving on to the next question, um, what advice would you have to those wanting to kind of begin to start tracking macros, but don't know where to start because I get this question a lot and I eat intuitively. So, and I've really never tracked too much. So I don't like, I don't give much feedback and advice on this, but I know that you have lots of advice and feedback. So, um, I guess, yeah, where would you recommend that they start and what's your advice on that? 
Yeah. So the first thing I just wanted to say on macros in general is I feel like the industry and in another thing we've kind of done wrong, I guess, is people want everybody to pick like a side, like our macros good or our macros yeah. bad. Like, do you track? Do you not? And I always like to try to find like that middle ground and like understanding it's a tool, just like yeah. there's so many tools that we use. And so I think if anybody's listening to this and you're kind of torn, like, oh, this influencer, like Chloe eats intuitively, but like, mm-hmm. Any, well I don't always track my macros but like I do for certain phases yeah. or whatever and they're like comparing like which one is right there's not really like a right or wrong like it's just a tool I um, love that because I yeah. to, not to cut you off but I completely agree like I feel like a lot of people it's even I feel like I'm like I don't track but I've never been like I do say it's not bad like if it aids your goals do it, it doesn't work for me but I love that it's like you view it as a tool because that, that's exactly yeah. what it is and you don't have to pick a side like if you want to yeah. track for a little bit and exactly but then you can like it's not like a all or nothing yeah yeah so that was like the first thing I wanted to say just like in general because so many people think they have to pick a side but if you do want to start tracking you think it's going to be useful for you I think the first thing first of all would just be like education and guidance but like if you're not wanting to actually get like one-on-one guidance then I think like starting on your own just learning more from like food labels and even like like if the food doesn't have a label just search like what is the nutrition content of this and start to just learn like okay what foods have protein what foods have carbs what foods have fats whenever I eat balanced meals with all three like how does that change my energy levels how does that change my satiety levels so just starting to like learn how to basically build a structured meal would be the first thing and then I always start with people with like instead of going like, hey, here's a protein, carb, and fat goal, like to the gram, usually if somebody's new to tracking, I start with like a calorie range and like a protein minimum. That way we're like getting used to just tracking in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if we even need to, I'll work into like full macros that are like more specific. Honestly, like nine times out of 10, I don't really need to get that specific with people. Um, So I think starting simple there and then Um, oh yeah. I also think it's best if you're just starting to start at maintenance calories and then move into specific goals from there. Because if you're learning a new tool and you're like throwing yourself right into a diet, I just think that can be a little overwhelming. Um, and you don't really learn your like maintenance level versus like, I don't know. I think a lot of people they'll like track for a diet but then they didn't learn anything about like maintenance habits. And so they just like go back to what they were doing. Um, so yeah, those are, do you have like follow-up questions with that? But that's like how I would start. Did that yeah. make sense? No, I love that because I definitely, when I have tracked in the past, I did it similar to that approach that you kind of start your clients out on is like a calorie range and then like a protein minimum. And that was, I think the most useful and like, um, what's the right word? Kind of like attainable. Like I was actually able to achieve that rather than being so specific with like the fats and the carbs itself too. Um, and the idea to that, or when you mentioned just like reading labels and understanding food, I think that's huge because I, I do it intuitively, but I also do already have that like previous understanding. Like I can look at a banana and like pretty much get, I know how much, how many calories yeah. are in that. I understand that that's like a carb. I, I, I have that like prior knowledge and I forget even honestly that some people mm-hmm. don't like some people can look yeah. at a piece of chicken have no idea what like they could think yeah. there's a ton of fat in it they have no idea so yeah. I, learning a base knowledge is so huge no matter like what if you track if you don't track I I honestly think that's so important um and then too with like 
like you said, like you track sometimes and you don't, do you have any advice for people who maybe are tracking, but want to kind of take more of an intuitive approach? Because I always recommend, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. This is just what I did, but I kind of like slowly cut back tracking my meals. Like I would start just like not tracking my snacks for the day. And then I would take a meal away and I slowly progressed into going more intuitive. Um, Mm -hmm. What's your, I guess, advice on that for somebody? Yeah. Also wanted to say like one other example too, of just like the education is like, for example, you'll see like a trail mix bag and it's like high protein. And I'm like, no, this is not high protein. It's really like all fat, which is not like fats aren't bad. It's just like misleading. Yeah. But whenever you actually start to look, you're like, wait, that doesn't, that's not high protein. So yes. But as far as the transitioning to intuitive Mm -hmm. eating, which I think is a little bit different And we can touch on next as far as like, if somebody really just doesn't ever want to track, like what should they do? But as far as transitioning, I think like what you did is fine for sure. I think you have to really know where you're at. Ultimately, like I've had some people who we just can go straight from tracking to none because they really just eat the exact same, whether they're tracking or not. So it's like, okay, just have the same meals. And um, I mean, obviously portion sizes, if you like Mm-hmm. are not on like your normal schedule or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah I think transitioning is probably like slowly but surely is probably the best way like start like you said with just maybe like a couple of untracked days and just build trust in yourself and in just eating very similarly that doesn't mean you have to like follow a meal plan but just because you're not tracking doesn't mean that like we should just start skipping lunch and like under eating here and then like binging here. So just trying to remember that, Hey, when I was tracking, this was a tool, but like everything I learned is what I still want to continue to yeah apply. So absolutely, I think that's big. I always, with my clients, when we're tracking, if I feel like somebody is getting too dependent on it, um, like if they're starting to stress too much about like untracked meals and stuff, usually I will literally force untracked days because I'm like, no, you need to learn to yeah. trust yourself. I always say like, if you, if you're my fitness pal or whatever app you use, like broke one day, like, is that going to like stress you out? Or are you going to be okay? Cause if it's going to like throw you way off, like that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I kind of like force people to practice it that way when we do transition out of it, like it's a little bit easier, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on like the transitioning, but did you want me to touch too on just like if they have, or if somebody like literally doesn't want to? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Cause right. I, I'm loving all of this. This is like such <laughs> good advice to everyone because this is seriously like one of the most common questions I get. And I'm like, I honestly, I just don't even have that much experience with tracking. So this is yeah. like gold. Like this is so good. Okay. Good. Um, so if somebody like doesn't want to track, um, but they just like, kind of like you, where you mentioned like in the outline, as far as just, they don't know what to eat, how much to eat. I think that there's, first of all, like just so much overcomplication in general, we already talked about that, but keeping it really simple and starting with like, okay, do I even have like meal structure? Because I see so often people come to me and they're like, oh, I skip breakfast. And then like, I eat snacks kind of throughout the day. And then like, I overeat at night or people just don't have any structure. So I think before trying to find like what kind of diet should I do? It's like, well, let's just start with like balanced meals, like protein, carbs, fat at like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and try to keep it mostly like whole foods based for the most part. And then like fitting in those little treats and whether it's like chocolate or popcorn or whatever, just like in moderation. And I find that one of the best ways to use moderation with those is just look at the serving size. Yeah. And try to stick to that. And that'll really teach you portion sizes. Cause if you look at like pretzels, for example, if you just like pour yourself a bowl, 
and you don't actually pay attention to a serving size, you could get way more than you thought versus if you just like look, it teaches you so much. You're like, oh, wow, that's actually a single serving size. So that would be one thing. I don't know if you have any, I want to look at my notes, but if you have any comments on that. I I think that's so important because I have been the person that like, I'm a big snacker and one that's like, just led me to have issues in the past. Like I'll like overeat a snack and then it messes up too. Also my like routines of like eating structured meals. And that's one thing too, that I'm like really huge on. And I really focus on with being intuitive because it's easy to like, not really pay attention and then be like oh my gosh and then I'll be snacking too late into the day and then I'm like I'm not hungry for lunch and then I feel like I'm like force feeding lunch and then it just throws me it just throws my whole day off so I'm like if I can just actually control what I can control is like the three meals and making them balance like that's been the most sustainable like best approach to eating that I've found to like work for me and I think it applies to everyone like there's no one that I feel like it wouldn't work for um so I definitely think that's so big and also like you said portion control and like serving sizes like I definitely think that is so helpful because I'm a girl who can like open a bag of popcorn and eat the whole thing and like that's not a healthy habit that's that's not like a good routine and habit to have and so like I've had to learn how to like kind of retrain myself from that and like before I think I would just look at it as like a restrictive mindset of being like I can only eat this much but it's like no it was I can have two servings if I want two servings but like at least have the understanding of like how much you're consuming just because before when you have no idea like I don't know. I just don't think that was like helpful for me in any sense either. So I definitely love that. Like just understanding, even just having a rough idea of like how much you should be eating is really Mm -hmm. beneficial as well. And I had like two things that popped up. These weren't on my notes before, but I just thought of like one thing I hear sometimes with people who are like all intuitive is like, oh, I just listen to my hunger cues, which sometimes is okay. But at the same time, like if you like some people, when they get really stressed, they're like not hungry. Some people, when they get really stressed, they're super hungry. Or like if you have a bad night of sleep, so hunger cues can be fine. But I find more often than not, like with the girls that I work with, their hunger cues make them like under eat because they'll like get stressed and busy during the day. And then they just like don't eat anything. So I'm like, huge. I've never heard anyone talk about that, but that's so true. And like being myself too, like some days I notice that, but yeah, I do. I think it's still important. That's like when you have a good, just a routine of meals mm-hmm. to just stick to that. I think Wait. that's. Yeah. Approach. And then another thing I was going to say too, is like with snacks in general, we have to keep in mind, like, especially in just like our culture, we have so many hyper palatable foods yeah. that I think people think that like restriction is like a bad thing and it doesn't have to be like the term restriction, Mm -hmm. just kind of like the word like consequences, like can mean a negative thing or a positive thing. For Mm -hmm. me, how I look at restriction is like, why is it bad if you want to quote unquote restrict, but not in like a controlling, like having like a self-control. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so easy to overeat. Like our foods are literally made to help us overeat. So like, it's, it's just one of those things where you can't let other people's comments get in your head of like, oh, you're being restrictive because you said no yeah. to the third cookie. It's like, no, I'm just being mindful. Yes. Being mindful and having yeah. a form of like self-control. And I think that is, that's honestly something that as a creator myself, like I've noticed of like, if I do, like, if it looks like I'm even tracking, like I was making my cream of rice and I was getting comments like, oh, are you tracking again? And it's like, I feel like a pressure that it would be bad yeah. if I was. And I'm like, yeah. I literally just want to make sure the like one, I the like ratios. how much I'm eating, but I'm like, there's a good ratio. You have yeah. to like perfect with like cream of rice in the water. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so it, it's, it's a hard thing, even as a, like a, a content creator to make, because it's like, I feel like we've almost like, in, in a sense, like we're like a little too soft to the idea of like having self-control. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, 
if you have any form of like control, it's, it's almost deemed as like, you have an issue and you have an eating disorder. And it's like, no, like maybe we just have goals as well too. And that's okay. And I think that is something like recently that I've like really noticed. And I'm like, I, I too, I think I used to have like really good self-control. And then it was like, I almost feel like pressure from society made me feel bad about having too much control. And then I like kind of lost control and I'm like, Oh, I eat whatever I want. I eat however much I want. I, I just ate this whole bag, but I'm like, that's not healthy. Like I, that wasn't the right mindset to have. So I'm finally like, like just recently. So I love that we're having this conversation, but like just recently kind of had a better understanding of like, if you want to reach a certain goal, like it's, it's like training kind of like, you gotta, like, it's not always going to be easy, simple and fun. Like you shouldn't just like you know, give into your cravings every, every single day. Like that's not necessarily going to help you reach your goals, like in the long run, you know? So I think that you do have to have that like Mm -hmm. infinite line or we're all going to be unhealthy if we just, yeah, whatever we want when it comes to food. And I think that's kind of like the vibe that like social media and stuff gives off sometimes though, is like, if you do have any sense of control, it's, it's yeah restriction, it's unhealthy. And it's like, actually that's, what's keeping me healthy sometimes. So Yeah, I love that. Wow, that was that was good. I <laughs> talked about that because I feel like it's really not talked about. And especially between oh, like yeah. the content I share too, it's like I'm glad I was able to get my perspective on that because it's as an intuitive eater, like I can some like I'll measure out my service. Yeah. It's like a some of peanut butter, like I don't just slap it on there because it's like that can really change things. Like yeah. high or like low volume foods and stuff. Anyway, we could talk about this forever, but yeah. love that. that. <laughs> go back though to just like not being black and white like when I'm not tracking I still weigh out certain things especially yeah. like you said cream of rice like ratios are very important but <laughs> yeah, like you, you gotta like perfect it, it like, up so quick but yeah, no, I definitely I agree with that fully and I yeah it's kind of it's sad how our like industry does that to people but um also with coping mechanisms food is like people I don't know. Sometimes I think people use that whole like eat whatever whenever as an excuse to like not yes. have any other healthy coping mechanisms. Yes. Um, and I'm like, okay, maybe we should like address like deeper rooted things. Yeah. As well. But that's like mm-hmm. a whole other, whole other topic. <laughs> yes. No, I I love all of that. Um, so kind of leading into the next question, I get asked this question a lot. So I'm like, I'm curious what yours are, but what are your, oh wait, I'm skipping a question. Actually, we're going to go to this and then we'll go back to a question because okay. I feel like this goes into it better. But what are your like staple like groceries at the grocery store? Like what are things that you can't live without? Because I know when I go to the store, I pretty much get like the same 10 things that I have. So what are, what are your go-tos um, week by week? Um, definitely oatmeal. Oatmeal is always, always in the mix. Um, Let's see, eggs are like a go-to for me for breakfast um sweet potatoes are always in the mix I always try to get one form of berries for my fruits so whether it's like raspberries blackberries blueberries um what else jasmine rice the steamable ones from Trader Joe's love those they digest really well and I already eat a lot of fiber so if I have like too much extra fiber it like messes with my digestion so I love jasmine rice um especially because right now I'm just like at maintenance so I'm eating quite a bit of carbs um what else is my staples? Oh, I love the extra creamy oat milk for my coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would say mine definitely does honestly kind of vary week by week. Yeah. But I do have like the staples. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, at the end of the day, I pick a couple protein sources, a couple complex carb sources, yeah. a couple fruits, a couple veggies, 
fats and then I just like mix them all yeah. together it's and, simple though it really is simple yeah. like you said like you don't need all of this like extra oh, crazy chocolate stuff. rice cakes are also a go-to yeah. love chocolate rice love cake. a good chocolate rice cake with some yeah. peanut butter on those top. are probably my yeah those are my go-tos but oatmeal always yeah so. yeah you're an oatmeal girly I I, I I've known that <laughs> um okay and then back to what I was going to ask before um what advice would you give to anyone um who's struggling with their relationship with food because I know a lot of your clients I'm sure come to you with that and if you have any experience like in your past um what would just be your biggest tips yeah I definitely have a lot of experience in my past and I definitely find it depends on the person for sure but first of all like if social media is something that's triggering you, uh, I would say unfollow accounts that are triggering you to compare your diet. Maybe even like I've had people delete Instagram for like two weeks while we focus on like, if I put them on just like, Hey, we're going to focus on these habits. I want yeah. you to like literally delete Instagram. And they, by like week two, they're like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so much less stressed because they're just not seeing all this extra yeah. info. Yeah. Um, and then education, which I know me and you have both talked about a lot, but like the more that you understand why you're making choices, you're able to like say no to something and have it. It's not because, oh, this food is bad or like I feel guilty. You just understand context, but you also understand like, okay, if I say yes to this, that's okay too. But let me just be mindful about why I'm making the decisions that I am. So education, learning context around decisions, which obviously, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. That takes time. Um, maybe guidance for some people. And then the other one is just digging deeper into like mental side of things. So like, are you finding your full identity in your diet? Because sometimes um, if somebody has maybe been known for, oh, you always eat perfect or whatever, they can almost like have this just like really bad guilt of yeah. kind of letting letting those obsessive habits go away. Yes. Um, and then also just with how you view food, obviously a lot of people kind of only look at foods as like a means to change their body and they don't see it as just like fuel and honestly like to a degree medicine for like it's very preventative for our Absolutely. health. Um, so yeah, there's obviously those, all those conversations could be really long, but those are like some of the first things that I think about. No, I love that. I love all of it. The last two specifically, like, I think your identity and food, I think that's huge because that's something I even like experienced back in my past, like back in high school and stuff. And even like growing up, like if I was eating a piece of pizza, people would look at me and be like, Oh my God, are you eating that? Like you're eating pizza. Yeah. And I'm like, are you allowed to eat that? <laughs> I'm like, just yeah. because I'm the fitness girl around here doesn't mean I can't enjoy a slice of pizza. And then it made me feel yeah. like extra guilty. And I just like think too, like, even if you're, you don't get that yourself. Like if you don't feel that, like make sure you're not putting that on somebody else because you never really know, because that really affected me. And like, it's still something that happens like to this day. Yeah. And it's like my friend, my closest friends and family. And I know they don't mean to do it in a harmful way, but it's like, that really makes an impact and it can really dig deep. Um, and two with the food is fuel and the food is medicine. I love that approach and that mindset too, because like you said, like a lot of our foods are made to be like, they're, they're too good. Like they're overindulgent. And I think that that is something we don't really see and understand right away. So it's like when you kind of shift your perspective on like how, what can fuel me the best, what can like heal me the best. I think that makes you want to eat healthy, you know, like it doesn't make you feel like you're pressured into eating healthy because it's going to make you look a certain way. It's like, oh, I actually want to eat this because I feel my best when I do that. And that's exactly why I eat healthy. It's because like, I know the difference. Like that's why I choose not to eat bad. I would say is because I feel like crap and it's not mentally, I feel guilty. It's like my stomach literally hurts and I just feel <laughs> gross, like yeah. in the inside. And so I love, love, love all that. 
Um, and then, okay, we're kind of running out of time. So what are your like non-negotiables and like your everyday routine? Do you have to, yeah, I definitely have some non-negotiables like daily. And then the rest of the stuff that I do kind of like fluctuates, but Bible study first thing every day is like, that's always my morning, like no matter, like even if I have to wake up early. So that's a non-negotiable for me and just like prayer in general. Um, so my faith is like always top priority each day and then movement. I train like four times a week, but even if it's not like a training day, making sure I like at least get out for a walk or yeah. something like that, like just not sitting at my desk all day. Um, balanced meals, like we kind of talked about, that's always a non-negotiable for me, whether I'm tracking, not tracking, whatever, um, not, you know, working through lunch and just mm-hmm. skipping meals and stuff. Um, keeping my house clean is a big one for me. So like keeping my dishes done, my clothes put up. I always make sure before I go to bed, everything's like put together or else I get really stressed because yeah. I like work at home, like at my desk all day. Totally and then to that one. Day, um, keeping my just to-do list super organized, like, and whenever I'm having too many thoughts, like brain dumping them somewhere so I can like get them out of my head. So those are like my non-negotiables, but the main ones are definitely just like my, uh, oh, and water intake, but yeah. So love, sure love all of those. I do most of those myself and they're yeah. definitely also my non-negotiables. So I love that. Um, and then the last question I wanted to ask is what's something you wish you would have told, or you could have told your past self. So, okay. I had two on here. Mm-hmm. So with like life in general, just like slow down and stop looking around so much and just like focusing on like where you're at and what progressions like you're making versus like oh her business is here her social media is here all of that and then with fitness mine would be to not ever compromise your hormonal health for like a physique goal or trying to rush a goal because like I did that and it definitely (laughs) backfired later Um, and I had to spend like literally two years like fixing all that so don't compromise that um, because it will backfire and then you're just going to be tired all the time and it's miserable Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just like in general like I need Jesus like I would have told myself that in the past like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's okay we all find it at at some point but that was something like it's so funny looking back I'm like oh all the issues you were having like you actually you really needed Jesus but so that I would be like overarching. Completely agree. I know. I look back on like things I used to have anxiety about. I'm like, I would not have had any stress if I would have just. Or insecurities or all yes. the things. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. Transformed my life as well. So I'm so glad. So glad you have Jesus in your life too. That makes me so happy. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of that. You guys, I, that was just great. That was gold. That was amazing. I hope you guys, I know you guys probably, honestly, this is one to like take notes for. Cause that was so good. Um, <laughs> And then do you want to like plug your socials and where they can find you and like where they can find your online coaching and all of that? Yeah. So fit to live podcast. I do mostly educational podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's like topics on nutrition, fitness, wellness, hormones, et cetera. And then my Instagram is just Sydney Tollett. And I'll just like let you put that in the show notes because most people don't know how to spell that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you can, if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, I have like a lot of client testimonials on my page. You can creep on, just message me if you're interested. You can apply, but I do like to talk to people in the DMs usually before they apply anyways. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't really post on my YouTube, so I wouldn't go there. There's like nothing new ever. So yeah, those are my main, main channels. Go check her out. Go listen to her episode. Um, she has so much good information on there on her socials, everything. I just love and adore her. I have forever for years, literally. So this is so fun and so cool, but thank you guys so much for listening and we will chat later. Bye guys.
I hope that you guys loved that interview and I hope that you guys have enjoyed the past two episodes being more interview style. We will be back to the normal episodes, some solo episodes for the next few weeks, but if you guys ever have questions or specific topics that you want me to cover on the podcast or in an episode or even like specific guests that you guys would love to see me get on, please feel free to message me on Instagram. I actually love to hear your thoughts, episodes that resonated with you, how you're enjoying the podcast, questions that you have, all of that. So please feel free to reach out. But like I said, I hope that you enjoyed this interview and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.